Well, good morning, Exchange Church. Super excited to have you here today. And we just want you to know right from the beginning that we love you, we're praying for you. My name is Pastor Mark, and alongside my beautiful wife, uh, Pastor Ellie, we are the pastors here at Exchange. And we're praying that in this season, you know that God is with you, you know that God is for you, and uh, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And so, hopefully, this morning, this message today is going to encourage you and make you feel uh, blessed and, and encouraged by what it is that God has for you. Um, so right from the off, uh, right from the beginning, I just want to say, uh, if you have any needs, it is no sh- there's no shame right now be- in sharing that need with us at church. In fact, an email is going to pop up, hello at exchangecc.com. Uh, we want you to email us to let us know if maybe you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Maybe you're uh, just freaking out. What am I going to do? How am I, how are we going to get through this? Well, this is why the church family pulls together. This is what the church and where the bride shines the best. And so as a church, please email us if you know someone that's in need or you are in need so that we can be the church that Christ has called us to be. And so I'm excited for all of the great opportunities, in fact, that God is going to use through this season. And so although we are not lead-led, we are spirit-led. We still want to serve the needs of our community to make sure that they have a chance to hear the hope and the life that can only come through Christ. Well, I'm excited for today. I believe that I have a God word and I believe that God is going to speak to some people. But hey, you know what? Maybe today's word is a God word for you. Or maybe you hear this message today and you think that is a God word for someone else. Well, I encourage you, send that message on. Copy that YouTube link, forward it on and say, hey, thinking of you, wanted to encourage you. And so, and if you're listening today because of that, we're welcome today. We want you to know that we believe that God loves you, that he cares for you. He's not up in heaven waiting to beat you with a stick. He's there. He wants to love you. He loves his people. Uh, His grace and his love is relentlessly pursuing us. And so that's good news and exciting today. Um, I actually, this week, uh, I I tested positive for I am not a school teacher. And so I want to thank all of our school teachers. Unfortunately, that means that my beautiful wife, Pastor Ellie, has been homeschooling our kids. And that has been a new test of our faith. And it has been a challenge. I can definitely say right now with confidence that all teachers deserve a pay raise. And I'd also love to thank all of our first responders right across California and right across uh, America and the world, to be honest, right now, because they are on the front lines putting their own life at risk to help those who are in need and those who uh, are just somewhat worried, desperate, concerned. And so thank you very much to them. Uh, I looked up the average size home uh, this week in the East Bay. Anyone want to guess how big that is? It's 1,500 square feet. That means that's 1,500 square feet of the good, the bad, and the ugly. That means that right now, that's 1,500 square feet of you ain't going anywhere. 
1,500 square feet of the good, the bad and the ugly. Our families, we're in close proximity with each other. And so I'm praying that you are leaning into grace. You are operating with a spirit of grace instead of a spirit of fear. Fair is you get what you deserve, but grace is you get what you don't deserve. And so as a church, we've talked about this before. I want to encourage you to have a little bit of grace for the people in your home right now. Just, you know, maybe, maybe you've been offended. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe there's been a couple of fights, a little bit of tension that's going on. I just want to say this, don't get offended. Uh, Offence will rob you of your relationships. In fact, just in case you did get offended or maybe just in case you do get offended, I want to say this, is once you do get offended or hurt, then it becomes your responsibility to share that with the other person and to ultimately bring healing. I'm not saying who's right or wrong here. What I am saying is this, they may not know that they, that you ha- they have been offended, uh, that, you have, that they offended you. They may not know that. And so because of that, what I wanna say is this, is you will now view that person through the lens of that offense. And what will happen is it will only continue to multiply and to grow and, and create more tension. So I wanna really encourage you, you have the responsibility if you've been hurt or offended to really in faith, be the bigger person and say, hey, you know what? This is not me airing my dirty laundry, but we wanna connect. I wanna restore the relationship. And so God's gonna give you the grace. God's gonna give you the peace, the confidence and the faith to do that. Because you know what? The enemy is about separation. He wants to separate and break down relationships, but God is about reconciliation and bringing people closer together. And so let's be, let's be the bigger person in this season. Uh, when I was thinking about what to share on uh, today, I was, God started to speak to me and bring up a whole bunch of stuff that I had spoken in the past and other people had spoken in the past at church. And so it's almost as if God was strategically in his wisdom, having thoughts that are above our thoughts, preparing us for such a time as this. It's almost like he was setting us up, walking us through so that we, when we got to this point, we would be the church that could be in the offensive position to be able to do what God's called us to do. And one of the thoughts that came up was my faith comes from my theology, not my feelings. I think there's a lot of people out there right now who are feeling pretty lost, who are feeling pretty scared, not knowing potentially where the next meal is going to come from. And there's a great scripture, and this is where this quote comes from. My faith comes from my theology, not my feelings. It's Romans 10, 17, and it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I kind of like to think sometimes I try to understand what's happening in my world, and I read scripture through the lens of my circumstance, through my emotion, through my fear, through my stress or my anxiety or my frustration or my anger. But you know what? Scripture interprets scripture, not me. I don't have the luxury or the privilege or even the audacity to try to interpret scripture 
through myself and what's happening in my life. No, scripture and truth, we believe at Exchange Church, is absolute. It speaks to us. Scripture changes us. Scripture heals and ministers to us. And so, as a church, I'm not going to allow emotion to be smuggled in to my view and my understanding of God. I'm actually going to look at Scripture and that will interpret and shape my view of God. Even though right now we're in this season where things don't make sense and people are asking genuine questions. I don't know if you've heard the news, but the demand on faith-based Christian YouTube and, and websites and so forth are through the roof. People are looking for answers. This is the church's, definitely the church's season to shine. And, and, and I'm so proud of Exchange Church because Exchange Church is responding so well and so many great things are happening. I mean, we've been feeding people in hospitals. Uh, we've been giving out hot meals uh, in, to the local, our local Walnut Creek community in the East Bay of San Francisco. Uh, we have uh, seen many personal people cook meals and and deliver them and 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 gift cards for local grocery stores and so forth god is on the move god is doing great stuff there is absolutely no doubt about it so uh, let's not let our emotions get smuggled into our view and our understanding of god god is who he is he said i am who i say i am and i love that i think that's awesome right now i believe that the enemy wants to use this season to steal your faith and to fill you with fear. I believe he wants to steal your faith and he wants to fill you with fear. And because as is in the title, fear doesn't move mountains. It's faith that moves mountains. Fear really doesn't do anything. What has fear ever done for us? I mean, I'm not talking about the healthy fear, the fear of the edge of a cliff or a healthy fear of God. I'm talking about the fear that uh, traumatizes us, the fear that steals our faith, the fear uh, that tries to control the future. Um, I'm talking about that fear. I want to say, let's make a commitment this morning to keep fear on the outside and allow God to stir faith on the inside. Let's let God stir our faith. In fact, if you need to speak to your soul and remind you yourself of who you are in Christ, then take a moment over the next couple of days to do that. Remind yourself of your authority in Christ. Remind yourself of your purpose in your relationship with Christ. You're not here by accident. God has positioned you strategically in this quarantine season. God knew. It's not a surprise to him. He knew that you would be in this experience. And so I want to encourage you, keep fear on the outside and allow faith to stir up on the inside. You know, the enemy uh, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So when Again, another message in reflection from the past. Who does the lion seek? Who does he look for? If a lion is going to attack, I look this up. The lion looks for someone that's vulnerable, uh, like an animal that's vulnerable, the young or the weak. And I think about when it comes and how this would translate into church culture and translate into the kingdom. I think that usually the enemy is looking for the, the angry, the hurt, 
the frustrated or the offended. And so I want to encourage you. The reason why I shared that bit on offense at the beginning of this message is because the enemy is seeking whom he may devour right now. And we have to, as church, we have to make a decision that we are not going to allow the enemy to devour us. We're going to rise above, stir the faith up, because the time is now, the hour is now for us as a church and for the church to move forward and take a hold of what it is that God has for us. God has got plans. God is on the move. The question is, are we going to get on board with what God's doing or are we going to be hijacked? by fear and allowing the enemy to do what he's doing. So how does the enemy do this? How does he attack and how does he take away? Uh, I was thinking about this and I, I think there's four things. I'll say them quick and then I'll go through them. First, the enemy tries to steal your attention. Why does he try to steal your attention? Because if he can steal your attention and get you to focus, you know, you just need to turn on CNN for five minutes or turn on uh, any of the major news networks and within five minutes, you can know what the enemy's doing. You know, you know actually, I think as a church, let's be a church. It takes five minutes to turn on and see what the enemy's doing, but I'd rather open up the Bible and see what God's doing and what God is going to do. Uh, first, he wants to steal our attention why? Because then if we allow it, then he can hijack our meditation. And I choose that word very specifically and on purpose because the Bible says that we should meditate on the word of God day and night. Meditate on the word of God day and night. Why? Because uh, it's uh, let me let me actually read that scripture. I think it's uh, appropriate. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. You will have good success. Isn't that incredible? you'll have good success if you meditate on the Word of God day and night. Not medica- meditating on what the news is saying, but meditating on what God is saying. And that's going through your mind. But what does the enemy do? He tries to steal our attention off the Word of God. And now we're not meditating. Uh, now our attention is not on God. And, and we're starting to think about and meditate on what the world is doing and what the enemy is doing. And you know what happens, and the reason why he does this is because of this. If he can get, if he can get your attention and hijack your meditation, then ultimately that will change what you believe. Because if you're thinking, wow, look at these statistics, they're so bad. They're so horrible. And, that, and I think this is going to happen to me now. I start to, all of a sudden, I start to believe it. I start to believe the lie. And there's a slight substitution of truth for lie. And all of a sudden, this white lie has crept in and I'm meditating on it. Now, if he can change what you believe, then he can change how you behave. And that's what the enemy is about. He wants to change how you behave. And what that means is you don't sow kingdom, you sow self. Because you now operate out of fear instead of out of faith. Because you're thinking, I need to protect myself. I need to look after my own back, my own stuff. Although we do need to do that, 
But as kingdom people and as the bride of Christ and as the church, we actually need to be the hands and feet, the hope and life, not drawn into a defensive position, but the church and men and women of God, kingdom people need to be in the offensive position. That what God's called us to do. The enemy only has access to what you're saying. He, he, he's not all-knowing. But God knows exactly what you're thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. What are we allowing? What are we meditating on and allowing to get into our heart that changes the, what we believe and the way that we behave? And I just want to say it this way. And I say this in humility, but some of us just need to snap out of it and stop listening to what the enemy is doing and start declaring what God has promised he can do. Let's just stop with the fear. Stop with the poor me. Let's focus on declaring what God promised he can do. Because God, if he promised it, it will happen. If it can happen, then as men and women of God, we need to believe that, get behind it. And that's where we throw our faith at. Uh, The enemy's goal is to disconnect you from the promises and the purposes of God. That's what the enemy's goal is. And how does he do that? Through things like fear. If he can get that fear into you, then he can disconnect you from the promises and the purpose of God. Let me tell you what fear does. I know if you ever thought about this, but fear will take you on a journey to lukewarm. That's what fear will do. It'll take you on a journey to being lukewarm. And uh, what is lukewarm? Let's read it in Scripture. It's Revelations 3.16. It says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Wow, that's pretty intense. But when you think about that, really, that is uh, God trying to get us to a place of being on fire because he understands the danger of what lukewarm is. Let me give you an example. There's two kinds of people in this world I've discovered. The first kind is people who like their food really hot, and there are people who like their food, prefer their food cold. I like my food hot. And I mean, when I say hot, I'm talking I, I like it lava. I eat food out of the oven. And in fact, this is absolutely no joke. Um, I like food so hot that at my dentist, you know how they put your teeth on watch when there's a potential cavity? Well, the roof of my mouth is on watch because every time I go there, there's all blistering and so forth that is going on just because of how much I like really, 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 really hot food. And, and now as it happens, so to be, Uh, Ellie, my wife, she loves food cold. She prefers colder food. And so when she asks me, is that hot? I'm like, no, it's not that hot. And I'll give it to her. And of course, she'll burn her mouth out. (laughs) And uh, I've gotten in trouble a couple of times because of that. But, uh, you, you know, I think you definitely notice when things are really hot. If you take a bite of something and it's hot, or you buy that coffee and it's like pouring molten lava into your mouth, you notice it. And if something's really, really cold, you notice that as well. But lukewarm, you don't really notice it that much. And I think the biggest thing about being lukewarm is that you start, you're unaware of it. 
you're not really sensitive to it. You don't kind of pick up on it or, or so forth. And I think the enemy loves that because if we are lukewarm, all of a sudden we are on in the, in the fear has crept in we are we begin this journey to a place of unawareness and we begin this journey to a place of lukewarm where we are not really I don't know, we're just kind of stuck in that place and we're not being maximized to the full potential of what it is that God, uh, that God has for us so if the enemy's goal is to steal, kill and destroy then don't you think it would be smart if we ask the question, what is he actually trying to steal, kill, and destroy? It's John 10.10. 10. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So what is he trying to kill? And what is he trying to destroy? I believe that he's trying to kill, uh, steal, kill, and destroy, or limit the promises of God and the purposes of God for you. He wants to limit those things. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy or limit the promises of God and the purpose that God has for you in your life. I don't think for one second the enemy's coming after our possessions, our material stuff. I don't think the enemy's coming after that. In fact, I think maybe sometimes the strategy of the enemy is actually to give you more possessions or allow you to get more because it becomes a distraction. I don't think it's about possessions. No, I think the enemy wants to prevent us and limit us in what matters most to God. In other words, what I believe, know God, that matters. Make him known, that matters to God. We are saved and we are called to go into the world to preach the good news to build his church. That's the bride. That's what Christ is returning for. And to uh, bring heaven to earth. That's the promise. Uh, when Jesus gave his sermon on the mount and he prayed and he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what matters most to God. And if the enemy is going to steal, kill and destroy anything, he's going to cut off your ability to be able to effectively do that. And that is the promises that God has for us and the purpose that God has put in us. And so, you know, I, I'm not political and everybody knows that if you've ever met me. Um, and I would say it this way. There was a, a, a president, last president, Barack Obama said this. He said, you didn't earn that. I actually kind of think he's right. You didn't earn that. You know why you didn't earn that? The reason you didn't earn it is because the gifts and talents that, you, that got you to where you are right now, God gave you them. God gave you the ability to be able to, uh, you know, create your product or whatever line of business, the way that you think, the way that you create. God gave you the capacity to intellectually understand and to be able to express and to communicate and to create and to do all the different things that we all do in society today. God gave you those things. And so I reckon acknowledging that God gave me the gifts and the talents and the abilities to be able to do what it is that I can do kind of is a really good reminder that God is in control and he knows. Now, it's another conversation how much uh, we develop those gifts and talents. That's a completely different thing. But what I want to say this morning is we need to remember that it's God the one uh, that brings the increase. It's God the one that gives us the talents because it all starts with him. Now, remember when I spoke two weeks ago about 
what has God already said and what is God saying? What has God already done and what is God doing? Sorry, I didn't mean two weeks ago. I meant this was the second message uh, of this whole shelter in place. It was the second message. If you want to go back, you can have a look at this message. A lot of people right now asking, what's God saying? What's God saying? I think it's an incomplete thought. I think it's a great thought, but it's an incomplete thought because uh, it's not just enough to ask, what is God saying? What has God actually already said? Because if you can't hear what God's saying right now, you might be stressed and freaking out a little bit. Well, the good news is this, is you can go back to Scripture. We talked about meditating on the Word of God day and night. Meditate on Scripture. That's what God has already said. He's declared it. And you can access that. It's on your phone. It's in paper. It's in a Bible. It's looking at Scripture and going through the promises and, and declaring that in this season right now. Also, it's what has God already done? What is God doing right now? God has already done. He's already died on the cross so that you can have life and life to the full. And that's the promise. Even though our circumstances have changed right now, guess what? Our joy doesn't change. Guess what? Uh, even though our circumstances doesn't change, we can still live a life and life to the full because God has already done everything needed for us to live the full potential of what God has for us. But you know what? I want to add to this. Those are four questions. What has God already done? Uh, sorry, what has God already said? What is God saying? What has God already done? What is God doing? I want to add this one. What are you saying? And what are you doing? Currently, right now, what are you saying? And what are you doing? Because I think sometimes we fall into the trap of, although we know it, but as I said before, out of the abundance of a man's heart, so he speaks. What's coming out of your heart? What's coming out of your mouth right now? How are you behaving? Are you acting in fear? Or are you responding in faith in this season? Are you coming under what the world's saying? Or are you living to the full capacity of the promises and the purpose that God has for you? And my gosh, He has a purpose for you. If anything that I say today, let me remind you this, is that God's got a purpose for you. Sometimes you just need to hear it over and over again just to encourage your soul. Your soul speak to your spirit this morning. Speak to, your, speak to your heart and say, you know what? God, give me the measure of faith. Stir it up so that I can continue to lean in and press forward. Uh, right now, you know, again, we talked about meditate on the Word of God day and night. There's a great scripture. It's Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles. And let us run with great perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love that bit. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfect of our faith fixing our eyes on Jesus I looked up the definition of fixing our eyes on Jesus fix means to fasten it means to lock on and to lock in it means to drown out all other distractions notice it doesn't say glance your eyes it says fix your eyes on Jesus what are you looking at right now what are you looking at? Are you looking at your circumstance? Are you looking at the issue? 
Are you looking at what social media has to say? Are you looking at what everybody else has to say? And by gosh, opinions, they're out there. They'll hunt you down if you allow it. What are you looking at? What are you fixing your eyes on right now? Some of you uh, uh, need to hear this word this morning to encourage you to lift yourself out of that place. I want to encourage you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop looking at the mess that's out there. Stop retweeting the thing that is the problem. Let's be part of the solution. Let's be the brighter Christ in this season. Let's shine like we were called to. Don't allow the enemy to get your attention so that he can ultimately hijack our meditation, which should be on the Word of God day and night. Don't allow him to change what we believe so he can change how we behave. No, let's be men and women of God that fix our eyes on Jesus so that we can go forward in this season as the church. That's what matters to God. That's what we're about. We're going after all that God has for us. You know, so this morning, I just wanted to remind us as a church who he is. And there are not all, but some of the names of God. Maybe this morning you feel forgotten. You've forgotten who's in charge. What's going on? There's chaos. There's disorder. Well, Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Maybe right now you're feeling like, like you're you're lost and and you don't have anyone to kind of reach out to you and you feel abandoned and, and where's why is no one calling me? Well, let me remind you, Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. Maybe you're worried about getting sick or people that you love getting sick. Well, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Maybe you're a single person you're living by yourself. Well, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is there. Maybe you've had a lot of free time on your hands and you've uh, some old habits have resurfaced and you've been looking at things that you shouldn't have been looking at well Jehovah Taneshu the Lord our righteousness Uh, maybe this has been a season where God has been speaking to you about what he wants to prune or what he wants to cut out of your life well uh, Jehovah Mekondeshem the Lord sanctifies you Uh, maybe uh, you're worried about where your next meal is going to come from I don't know maybe you're stressed about that or how you're going to make your next house payment Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Uh, Maybe you struggle with mental health issues. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Well, finally, maybe you just need to be reminded this morning of this. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. He is Lord God Almighty. I don't know what's trying to get your attention today. I don't know what is trying to come in and steal, kill and destroy and dislocate and disconnect you from the promises and the purpose that God has for you. But I know this is greater is he that is in you that is in the world that is in us that is in the world. And so today what I want to do is this is I'm going to pray a prayer. And I believe that this prayer lifts us up as a church and it reminds us of our mission that we've been set apart and called. And so, Jesus, I pray today that you would stir the faith of everyone listening to the sound of my voice. God, I pray that there would be an uprising in our heart. Lord, that we are not a victim, but we are victorious. Lord, that we have not been called to the tail, but we have been called to be the head. Lord, I pray that in this season, you 
your church shines, your church goes forward. We thank you, God, that in this season that you will get the glory, that you will make all things known for the good of those that love you. God, I pray, Lord, that none of us, Lord, would fall into the trap, Lord, of, of the enemy's snare, Lord, but we would go forward and embrace all it is that you have for us. You are a good God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know what I pray this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. And that's our passion here as a church. Again, I'm going to pray another really simple prayer. But if, if maybe you find yourself, maybe you had a relationship with God and you find yourself distant. And it was just a complication of life. And now, you, hey, you, somehow you're watching this YouTube link with a guy with an accent from another country. And, and maybe this was a, a divine moment that God set up just for you to reconcile you back into a relationship with him. And it would be my privilege to pray for you. Maybe you've never made a first-time decision to have Jesus come in your life. The Bible really simply says this, is that because of sin... It separated us from a perfect, pure God. When we ask Him to come into our heart to make Him Lord of our life, then at that point we are saved. We repent of our sins and we give that stuff over. Sin is, is such a heavy burden to carry. But Jesus died for it. The guilt that comes with sin, the anger, the frustration, Jesus died for it so that you can hand it over to him. So this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to make a commitment to Jesus, I want to encourage you to take my words and make them your own. So let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, I pray that you would come into my heart pray that you would forgive me of my sins, but I pray that you would be Lord of my life. Lord, I pray and I acknowledge, Lord, that you died on a cross for my sin. And Lord, I take the hands, uh, my hands off the steering wheel of my life and I ask you to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Fantastic.